Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Jordan Harms. It is a fun day because we get to continue our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series. And today we get to focus on a very specialized ministry. I'm excited about this. So thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, Pastor Steve Law of Wollaston Lutheran Church in Quincy, Massachusetts. Also former chairman and current board member of CLIMB, that's Chinese Lutherans in Mission Building. Pastor Law, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Oh, thank you for inviting me to to be. I am excited to share your story, learn more about you and the the community that you are involved with and and your path into ministry and the this very special ministry climb that you've been involved with as well. Tell us a little bit about your path into ministry. When did you first start thinking about becoming a pastor? That is a question that people usually ask me, to be honest, <laughs> especially myself being a pastor kid. I think that half a lot of, I do get a lot of influence from my, from my father. I mean, jokingly, I would say, oh, I'm going to be a pastor. I mean, even when I was a little kid, like single digit. And of course, <laughs> after that, you start thinking about, oh, what about, what about being a scientist, being an engineer and all that. But by the time when I get to high school, where you, Everyone would need to find a college to go to. So I thought about, oh, why don't I go to a Christian college or a Bible college so I can be a pastor? So I talked to my dad about it, which I, I did tell you guys that my father is a pastor. And he said, don't. <laughs> and I was like, what? You have a pastor? You told your son not to be a pastor? And he said, you get some experience, real life experience before you think about jumping into ministry again. So I thought, okay. So I end up entering an engineering school, come up with a Bachelor of Computer Science. And I worked about seven years in that industry. And that is when I got that call, especially a time where I, I still remember that moment when I look at the monitor and I was asked to get some of the certificates for software engineering. And I asked myself that question. Am I going to be looking at a monitor on coding for the rest of my life? Or am I going to do something that change people's lives? And that is when that calling, this whole scene of me talking to my dad about being a pastor, everything just rushed back into my mind. And after that, several years later, I entered, I entered a seminary. A couple of years later, here I am, becoming a pastor. So did you go back to your dad and tell him, like, I'm going to do it now? <laughs> like, I am going to be a pastor. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, basically, I, I didn't need to talk to him because he, he stood a pastor at the time. And I need to okay. talk to him and say, hey, I want to be a pastor. I want to go to seminary. So I talked to him and also the English pastor and also the district president. They all think, that, yeah, I think it's time to, to go into ministry. Oh. And so they have, they give me their full support. Would you say it's been fulfilling for you now that you, you made that shift from 
staring at code all the time to actually being a pastor. Yeah, I, I would say it is really fulfilling. It requires a lot more interaction with people instead of simply just looking at code and debug and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But jokingly, I do talk about, oh, there's one reason that I'm a second career pastor. My previous life as a computer guy because we have <laughs> pandemic. So that's basically yeah. helped me a lot to to solve a lot of technical issue because I have that type of background. I will say you're set apart from most pastors I know being technologically savvy. <laughs> being well, able to be an, an effective pastor but also good with computers is a pretty nice combo, I think. I would say the laws of gracious has given me enough knowledge just to get by for the, for sure. the past few years, so I, I, I'm thankful. So you represent a particular group within the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Tell us more about CLIMB and your involvement with this organization and, and what, what CLIMB does. CLIMB stands for Chinese Lutheran in Mission Building. Um, so basically, I would say the name itself is actually a abbreviation of what we do. I would say that the C will be the, the what I would say, the Chinese, right? We that's that's us, and we're talking about we we want to plan more Chinese ministries in North America. We talk about leadership training. We also talk about gathering funds to support our climb congregations, and we want to find new missions. And we also want into translating biblical material to fulfill the needs of Chinese. That's what we mean to do. But for, I, I would say the main part of, of CLIMB is to gather the, the Chinese pastors, Chinese Lutheran pastors in the U.S. so that we become a platform of support for one another, where they can come together to fellowship and to learn. For example, every, every year when we have our annual conference, we will invite speakers to talk about theological educations, pastoral wellness, wellness, missions, and even social issues. So we want to equip our pastors, but at the same time, we want the pastors to know that they are not alone there. As much as I want to say that our we have a lot of Chinese congregations um, in the U.S., I would say 20 or so, but then we scatter everything. So when it comes to serving alone, for example, I, I serve in Quincy, Massachusetts. I'm the only Chinese congregation district. So I'm by myself when I talk about Chinese ministry. So I so at, at times I would feel a little lonely. Then I need to make a phone call to fellow client members, be all the way in the West Coast mm-hmm. just to get some support. So that, that climb will happen that function as well is to connect pastors to Describe for us the the need for uh, Chinese Lutheran pastors now and what you perceive in the future. How great of a need is there for Chinese Lutheran pastors in North America? I I do think the need to have Chinese Lutheran pastors is very high right now. Many of our existing pastors in their retirement. I myself is actually one youngest Chinese pastors. I'm not that young anymore. 
and we've seen them, they, they probably will be retiring in a couple of years, and then the questions already popped up. Who's going to go? Who's going to come in to be their pastor? So we start looking at into where we're going to find them. Because the Chinese churches nowadays, not only they speak Chinese, whether it's Cantonese or, or Mandarin, mm-hmm. they also speak English. So we kind of go into the, the topic of 1.0 or, or 1.5 or 2.0, 2.5, 3.0. .0. Talking about those things, then we all of a sudden think about it is a lot harder to find a pastor that would let it possibly fulfill those needs because we need a pastor that can speak both English and Chinese and to be able to understand the culture because just talk about 1.0 and 2.0 even though they have language like difference in languages the culture itself is also the way yeah. they think it's also the, can we have someone that can be the bridge to do that so many of us will look at Finding someone that is 1.5, like myself, being able to speak two languages and also understand two cultures to be able to connect two churches, two groups together. But then, where do we find those people? Right? We, we look into our seminary to see if there's any possibility. And we look at our Concordia University to see if there's any ECE or deaconess available. We also were looking to even non-Lutheran seminaries that actually have classes that, that is taught in Chinese. And I would, we would reach out to them and see if they would be willing to join our church. And the Lord provides. They, they provide some seminarians from other seminaries that become Lutheran. And we have some experienced pastor willing to take them under their wings and to, to walk with them in the process and also work closely with the colloquy committee to see how we can equip them so that they can be ready for the colloquy interview. EIT, SMP, alternate routes are also some of the ways that we find church work for our Chinese churches. We have more questions for Pastor Law in just a moment as we continue our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Jordan Harms. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others. To live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world. To live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Jordan Harms. It is a good day. It's Friday, and we get to continue our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series. Our guest today, Pastor Steve Law of Wollaston Lutheran Church in Quincy, Massachusetts. He's a former chairman and current board member of CLIMB, Chinese Lutherans in Mission Building. Uh, we've learned a little bit about his path into the ministry and now what the what the work of CLIMB is today and what it looks like to to raise up um, Chinese Lutherans, in uh, particularly into pastoral ministry, what does it look like? How do we go about that? What would you say are some of the challenges, Pastor Law, the roadblocks to raising up potential pastors, church workers for the future in Chinese Lutheran congregations? I think one of the the challenges would probably part where we want to encourage our members to be pastors. Some of the Thing that people are unwilling to go into ministry could probably because what they're seeing in the ministry, right? What 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 they see in their pastor would be a direct reflection of what their life would become if they want a pastor. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have good pastors. I, I actually say that we have a lot of good pastors in our Chinese ministries, but they all work really hard, extremely hard. Because there's not a lot of them out there. Sometimes they churches have a hundred people, one pastor do a lot of things. They might not get a lot of salary. So, mm. but compared to that, right? We talk about in a real life situation. You want to find ministry, but then get this pastors when he's so loving everything. He so looks like he's suffering, right? And then you look at another another job or or an industry. Right? They they don't work as much. They get a lot more pay. They drive a nice car and everything. So I mean that the secular comparison really come into play here. So that's one thing. I think that 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 is difficult. And I think it also what playing the part is, which I is something I mentioned earlier is the. The language barrier is harder for Chinese churches to find Chinese pastors. Even though we do have seminarians from Chinese pastors, Chinese churches, Chinese churches going to the seminaries or going to DCE program, but when they come back into the ministry, right, go to the mission field, they still speak English. Some many of them don't really speak fluent Chinese makes it a little hard to pastor a Chinese-speaking church. So that makes it a little hard for us. So I would say the roadblock for future Chinese churches would probably be some of those factors. So does CLIMB, are you primarily focused only on raising pastors or other kinds of church workers as well? And I guess I'd it's probably an added bonus to be able to speak fluent Chinese no matter what position you're filling. But we've talked a lot about pastoral, uh, you know, leadership and that kind of church leadership. But is there other types of church workers you're looking at? Yes. We constantly look into what are the options or the availability of candidates out there. For example, deaconesses, DCE, mm-hmm. those are the positions that are also needed. Because kind of, kind of go back to previous topic about the 
the generation changes in the Chinese church. And we have Chinese speaking churches, and then they, they have family, they have kids, they mm-hmm. have some 2.0. So they speak primarily English. And, and they have different culture. The way they think is different. It's really unique. Um, yeah. So we need someone to naturally reach out to that. And when it comes to that, we need someone who is daddy in that type of ministry. So DC or, or even some English speaking pastors that, that has a heart to serve a Chinese company would also come as well. So, I mean, by looking into a Chinese church, we do need some English speaking ministry going on. So even some English pastor who might serving in a Chinese church would actually be something possible. Yeah. To serve. I kind of had a follow up, but, you know, it's. Well, you you shared your story of becoming a church worker. What are some other success stories where you've seen Chinese Lutherans being raised up or encouraged in their congregation, whether it's in their congregation or through the efforts of CLIMB to, to raise up Chinese Lutheran church workers? Where else have you seen those successes? I do think the encouragement from church is definitely a big factor. I do remember that a couple of past current pastors is actually all come from the same church that actually a church from San Francisco from, from what I heard there three to four of them they actually come up from one particular church and they all pastor at this time so I do see that there there can be successes if the church um, start finding leaders and to to work with Right to 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 walk, to encourage them to serve God full time, and I think that that's a potential still even in today's culture where we have so social media and everything like that. But I still think that's a possible if we find them early to work with, pray for. There's still a possibility. Roughly off the top of your head, what do you know, like what the general Chinese population is in America that is sort of, you know, Christian or even Lutheran Church, looking yeah. looking for churches? Yeah, like th- that are churchless or perhaps churches that are too full of people that need to split off into smaller churches. And like, what is the general need for that off the top of your head? I'm sorry, can you ask that question again? Sure. <laughs> what's the mission field look like? Yeah, what's yeah. what's the mission field look like for for Chinese people in America that need a church with a Chinese-speaking pastor? Is that a large population of people? I I would say yes. There are still a lot of unchurched. Mm. Um, and also we have a lot more immigrants coming in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is never going to. Uh, there's different way immigration. For example, in Boston now we have a lot of immigrants, but we have more. Gotcha. Twenty years ago, we have people who speak Cantonese. Hmm. So we're just gonna have more and more immigrants coming in, and then we're not even talking about the ones that are already here. 
So that means that the mission field is is massive. I would say around around the whole. Yeah, that's very that's very interesting. I mean, being someone who's in the middle of the country in in Missouri, who's you know grown up Lutheran, going to a small town church, I I wouldn't necessarily be aware of that. So that's I mean, eye opening. We, we were just there in in St. Louis for our climb conference, comparing to the very first time that I came to St. Louis for for a climb conference, which is be two thousand. Mm. I see a lot more Chinese. Yeah. So that's a big difference, right? Right. From, from 20, 2009 to now 2023, I see a lot more Chinese restaurants and they are all yeah. great quality and a lot more Chinese sitting in the restaurants. So so Definitely. even in the Midwest, right, the population of the Chinese community are growing. And that's there's only one question. Chinese Lutheran church. Go for it. So earlier you used a good software analogy when you described Chinese culture 1.0, 1.5, and 2.0. <laughs> Help us understand a, a little bit more about what what that means in terms of, I think I, I know what that means, but I, I want to clarify that for the listener, what you mean by 1.0, 1.5, 2.0 when it comes to Chinese culture and what that means for congregations as well. Okay. So 1.0 will be the ones that immigrates, mm-hmm. right? Like my parents. Here, we immigrate here as adults. We will categorize them as a 1.0. For someone like myself who came here as a teenager, someone under 18, I came here as, 12, as a 12-year-old boy. I'm like a 1.5. Okay, okay, for ones that are born here, like my kids, they were born here. They are considered 2.0. And then if you say, like, my kids grow up and they have their kids, they're considered 3.0. In terms of cultural differences, I would say for, for the 1.0, they, they bring in the culture from their home country, where they can. For 1.5, you, you have that training or the, the upbringing of the 1.0. But then you, you grow up the rest of your life here in the U.S., so you have the mix of culture. Mm-hmm. And then for the for the 2.0, um, the only couch, the only 1.0 culture you get to get is really at home. But then for the rest of it, is from everything. So for that part, that that 2.0 is really unique. You can really call them totally Americans, but they're not because they still have their upbringing, the family, or even from the Chinese right. church, right? 1.0 church. They grew up. So it's a mix of everything. It's really unique. You cannot really use, Amer- I would say, American way to, to pastor. So it's to really get to them, to, to understand them. How do they, how do they interact with their fellow classmates at school? Mm-hmm. In Chinese faith, you think like So, all that complicate things and think about all that complicated happen with church and that all of a sudden become a very good situation for the church to to help pass 
perfect answer. <laughs> Jordan, do you have any more questions before we wrap up? Before we wrap up, I was wondering if there was anything, any wisdom that you would want to impart to someone, say a listener who knows of a neighborhood near them that's maybe largely Chinese or ethnic in some other way. How could they go about reaching out to these people to get them interested in maybe going to church or finding a Chinese church? Mm, okay. Well, I first of all, if you know, that as a listener actually do notice, and I want to thank God for that because you know, all of us, regardless of our skin color, languages, are in need of the gospel, right? We, we need salvation from mm-hmm. the Redeemer. But if you are that listener, I would say, I would invite you to, to pray earnestly for that ethnic neighborhood and perhaps maybe find a bro- couple of brothers and sisters from your church to cast your vision. It's like, do you see those people there? Do they have a church to go? And and to think about what you can do to to bring the gospel, and and then pray to to, to invite those brothers and sisters to pray with, and and then if all possible, go into the neighborhood. Now, if you're outgoing, right, you go into a neighborhood, <laughs> go there, go go to the restaurant, try their food, right? Go go to your grocery supermarket, buy some mm-hmm. grocery. Be a good neighbor. Be a good. I think that that is the very important thing but if the lord continue to want you to do more talk to your pastor <laughs> talk to your pastor yeah. you know as, as your pastor gets some you know demographic studies see like how many are actually out there yeah and i and and start thinking about what the, what the church can do to help that community right esl classes citizenship classes food pantry after school program activity hours etc etc and at the very last, start thinking about if there is a Lutheran organization that is specialized in that group. For example, if there is a Chinese group out there, right? Your neighbor, your neighboring community is Chinese. That's kind. Mm. You can definitely reach out to us and love to walk with a Christian church, establish new mission site church plan and I'm I was I would say I'm speaking for audio at organization from our LCMS as well. Our guest today, Pastor Steve Law of Wollaston Lutheran Church in Quincy, Massachusetts, and former chairman and current board member of Climb Chinese Lutherans in Mission Building. Pastor Law, thanks so much for spending some time with us today on the coffee hour. Thanks again. You've been listening to the coffee hour. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve by visiting lcms.org slash SAS. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Jordan Harms. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.